This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 87-inch. On this week's episode, we wrap up 2020 by celebrating two artists inspired by Weird Al, storyteller David Grant and musician Zed Lemke. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Weird Al you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Everyone was going nuts with last week's guest, Evan Gregory, episode 86 inch, and we threw a nice little surprise in at the end of the episode. If you haven't heard it yet, it was a stereo mix of Evan and Weird Al's scats matched up next to each other and... I was talking to Frank about editing it, and he said when he placed them next to each other, it was perfect. He didn't have to fuss or finesse it. It just shows how great Weird Al is. Yeah, I was very impressed how well the clips lined up without any editing. It was so great to hear some unreleased Weird Al vocals from Who's It Gonna Be? And if you listened to that episode right when it aired, that night was the Gregory Brothers Christmas live stream on YouTube. It was really great. They played all the Christmas standards. They played some of their own songs. But there was a little bit of sad news. Their brother, Andrew, was not at the live stream because he had been diagnosed with COVID earlier that day. But despite missing Andrew, Evan, Michael, and Sarah put on a really great show and it was so great to tune in and see them. During the live stream, the Gregory brothers were accepting donations to support a local charity. So in the end, everybody wins. And speaking of everyone winning, that reminds me of a special little town in Minnesota. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, uh, beautiful, it's also near other stuff. Based on its name alone, you'd think that Darwin Rod and Gun Club would be located in Darwin, Minnesota, but you're wrong. You're a Mr. Wrong Pants for thinking that. Yeah, or a Mrs. Wrong Pants. Darwin Rod and Gun Club is a shooting range located at latitude 45.0928474040 degrees and longitude negative 94.393781200 degrees, which is obviously not in Darwin. That's right. It's just over a mile away in nearby Dassel, Minnesota. Ugh, I feel so filthy just even mentioning that non-Darwin city. Yeah, me too, Dave. Discover Darwin lost a bet to Discover Dassel, and that's why this week's featured location is one of Dassel's most prominent and well-respected institutions. Now, of course, Darwin Rod and Gun Club is not to be confused with Dassel Rod and Gun Club, which is also located in Dassel, Minnesota. Dassel Rod and Gun Club will not be getting any publicity in this Discover Darwin ad! <sighs> so visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. This is so exciting. The year-end stats are in. Over the past year, our intern Frank has been busy crunching numbers and compiling data for our year-in-review segment. It's so exciting. We even made our intern Frank work overtime on Christmas Day, but it was totally worth it. 
not including this episode that you are listening to right now, if you listen to all the audio content that Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast put out in 2020, that includes inches, strings attached, bonus centimeter episodes, breaking headline news alerts, and secret episodes on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash 2000inch you would have listened to exactly two days, 21 hours, 48 minutes, and 40 seconds of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And since our intern Frank has allocated exactly one hour, 10 minutes, and 54 seconds for this episode, that puts our grand total for the year at exactly two days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 29 seconds. Wow! Thank you very much to everyone who has listened to everything that we've put out this year. You all are the best. But I'm so sorry, Frank. I have a surprise for you. You did not account that I would go off script and make these weird noises for a few seconds right now, throwing off all your numbers. Uh, gee, thanks, Dave. Now Frank's got to start all over again. Here, Frank, use this calculator on my phone. All right, the new numbers are in. The brand new grand total for the year is exactly two days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 34 seconds. Ethan, that's incredible. How exactly do we know this? Oh, it's easy. I just called up David and Henry. You know, you and I from the future. But what about when I made all that noise? Yeah, uh, Frank and I figured you'd do something silly and unexpected like that. David and Henry said you'd do something about eggs. Oh, that's weird. I wonder what that's all about. I mean, I had bacon for breakfast. Was it vegan bacon from Troy, New York? No, just regular bacon from the local shop, right? Oh. Anyway... In 2020, up until this point, we've had on the podcast 49 humans and two robots as guests. Wow. Plus, we've had exactly one feline drop in unexpectedly. And surprisingly, we've had zero guests named David, Ethan, or Frank. Not yet we haven't. Let's add a human and a David to that list. This is a real treat. I mean, our next guest, he is such a big Weird Al fan that he put Weird Al into his Christmas suicide novel. Under the pen name Sebastian Shepard, he wrote The Ruins of Our Past. It is our pleasure to welcome to the podcast David Grant. Welcome, David. Well, thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. I'm not John Bermuda Schwartz or Bill Mooney, but I will do my best. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> <laughs> David, we're going to get into the Weird Al connection shortly. But first off, I got to ask, what is a Christmas suicide novel? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's it's. Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? Yes, of course, yeah. I've seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> it's not it's not a, a a book that that goads you or encourages you to you know finally end it all. It's a it's a story <laughs> about redemption through um, someone who's <laughs> hit rock bottom. So <laughs> it's a little misleading because it's more 
it's more a, a, a gentleman who's who's on the brink of death. And uh, I know that's how I presented it to you guys. And it's, you know, glib and, and fun and everything to think about Weird Al in a book about <laughs> so depressing subject. <laughs> you know, it's really about a guy who is uh, on the brink of life or death. And he has to make the decision whether he wants to live or not. Um, so he could just let it let it happen. Okay, it kind of fits in the whole Christmas at Ground Zero, the night Santa went crazy theme that Weird Al has going anyway. So <laughs> you can't just present a normal Christmas book. It has to have some kind of twist in it, absolutely. Especially if you're going to keep my interest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I know we don't want to get into too many spoilers about you know how Al connects to this book, but it's not, it's it's a work of fiction, right? It's not like a biography or anything. Yeah, well, it's very semi autobiographical, actually. I've, oh, really? I've got a lot of friends that have read it, and they'll they'll yeah, and they'll message me and ask me who's this character? Who's this character? And they're like, well, they're made up. Yeah, but this one's kind of like this person. Yeah, but <laughs> so uh, you know the love that the main character has for Al is, is totally genuine. It is, uh, it, it would have been a lie if I'd made it anyone else um, yeah. while writing that book. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about the book, you know, who the character is and, and what he needs to do to redeem himself. Absolutely. So Paul Squall is trapped beneath the ice on Christmas Eve. Um, he's found himself there. He doesn't remember how he got there, but again, he's, he's got the option of just slipping away or, or, trying to find the will to, to fight, but his life really is at rock bottom. So that's where we find him at the beginning of the book. And then he finds himself wandering the haunted forest of his past. I think all of us have sort of a ghost story that is our lives. We, we carry around um, the spirits of our, our departed, whether they left us uh, and they're still living somewhere else, or they left us uh, and went through the veil of death. So He's haunted by all of these memories of his past, and he's wandering through the forest and comes across Santa Claus, <laughs> who is um, a kind of an irreverent, twisted version of Santa Claus. Um, and he is his guide through this quest. Um, I like to say it's sort of a, a Christmas Carol meets Inception uh, with a twist <laughs> of Nightmare Before Elms, uh, Nightmare on Elms. <laughs> So he's he's got to find the keys in these key moments of his life to be able to open the door to get what Nicholas says is the greatest Christmas gift of all, which is uh, the ability to change one single moment of his life, hmm. which begs me the question. I like to ask people, if you could change one moment of your life, what would you change? Well, instead of uh, doing the podcast with Dave, I would definitely have chosen a tarantula as my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> i'd probably go back and try to convince the hollywood chamber of commerce to let al get a star when we had fifteen thousand dollars and not have to wait until forty thousand dollars <laughs> that was an incredible day for a weird al fan you know we were we were lucky enough to uh to have contributed to that star, um, being the super fans that we are. And Al was so generous with his uh, time and, and letting us uh, stand right there in this very intimate moment. I just really felt like we were there for some type of, you know, family event and not some giant 
thing that was being broadcast across the, the world. Yeah, David, th- thank you so much for supporting the Weird Al Star Fund. You know, I was obviously that whole, you know, getting Al a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame really meant a lot to me. So it was great that I got to share it with so many Weird Al fans like you and Ethan and everybody else who was there. And of course, you came out for the ceremony. So it was great to see you there as well. And just what an amazing day that was. I mean, I'd love to hear just your perspective. You know, I was all over the place, so I don't have a fan <laughs> perspective of it. But as you know, just somebody just watching the event, how that day was for you. <laughs> well, I've been there a few times, and it's a dirty, rotten, nasty place <laughs> where the grime <laughs> covers, you know, the, the glitz and glamour. I actually, uh, one time I was running down Hollywood Boulevard, and I slipped and landed in a homeless man's vomit on someone's star. So it's really, oh, a, man. It's really oh, a privilege no. that Al has <laughs> one of those stars now today. Life goals, maybe one day you'll slit and vomit and land on Weird Al's star. <laughs> <laughs> or my own. That right. would be incredible. Such a humbling moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, uh, but it, it's really a, it's a town that I have a lot of uh, love for as well. It's just, um, you know, you have to kind of find those moments and they exist and it, it existed for Al in that moment. And um, for all of us to be, you know, just inches away standing there, you know, I was standing next to Ruben and he was showing pictures from his uh, on his phone from his wedding because he had just gotten married the day before. And he was spending his honeymoon on Hollywood Boulevard without his wife, which is definitely a dream of mine. <laughs> but it was such a beautiful thing to be standing inches away from that was incredible. Uh, Dr. Demento in the flesh. Uh, how yeah, amazing yeah. is that? And then Thomas Lennon gave a speech that was so beautiful afterwards he um he kind of came our way and i told him you know if you keep giving speeches like that people are gonna ask you to give their eulogies (laughs) because it's uh it brought tears to my eyes and and then he was so he was also so generous with his time he saw a guy across the street dressed like lieutenant dangle and he dragged his son (laughs) through the crowd of <laughs> to go take a picture with him. Of course, Dangle from Reno 911. Uh, with those short shorts. And I think he was wearing roller skates, the guy across the street. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> go to Hollywood Boulevard any day of the week. You're going to see somebody in those shorts with, with roller blades. <laughs> <laughs> but Emo Phillips showing up, and he had made him one of his, you know, uh, if you've ever seen Emo do uh, stand-up, he has a bit sometimes where he'll he'll read these cards that he's made and he brought Al one of those cards and we'll never know what it said but it, <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine it was funny yeah <laughs> like 12 inch hand drawn with crayon card it was beautiful <laughs> so yeah that was a fantastic day and and for anyone who's uh, you know been a Weird Al fan I think we all have kind of a common story um, I don't know if this is true but um, I actually did a a video for Alf for his uh, 60th birthday. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, it had all of these super fans of Al. And and editing that together, there was definitely a, a clear narrative that I was able to, to kind of spin into it. And one of the biggest points is that uh, Al was a weird guy. I mean, that was where he got his nickname. And I actually got to hear the story at the Star Fund from Joel Miller himself. And I'm sure you guys have had that privilege many times. Um of of hearing these stories on this podcast, but hearing the story about how Al just claimed that that yeah. title, and uh, it's really an amazing and incredible story. 
And he kind of did that for all of us. I think that's the thing that uh, a super fan like like you or or, uh, or me or or in the people that listen to this show can relate to is at some point in our lives, we felt like the oddball. We felt weird. We felt outcast. And um, for me, at least, it was middle school. And one of the other kids at my school said, hey, have you ever listened to Weird Al? And I said, I don't know who that is. So he gave me a cassette tape. And I wore that sucker out, and then I went out and bought every album that I could. It's a really, it's a life-changing moment to uh, to find your people. And for a lot of people, you don't see them around you, but Al represented that, and he brought it into your own life. And it was such a, for me at least, a, a changing moment for me. You mentioned the, the birthday tribute, which really is a great tribute, and I, I recommend people checking it out. You'll recognize some familiar faces from the podcast in there. Um, but you also did, <laughs> I found on your YouTube channel, an airline Amy music video. <laughs> yeah. I actually refer to that as the nerdiest thing I've ever done because <laughs> I, I spent hours, and hours. but at back in the day, Delta had this beautiful woman that would do their, uh, their, uh, safety videos. And she had gone viral as this hot airline stewardess uh and it's it's hilarious because even in the video she she wags her finger at you all like don't be naughty like i don't remember what it was but it was like you don't smoke on this jet or something like that and it as soon as i saw that i i knew that i was going to spend 40 hours editing (laughs) of airline amy and and i knew that almost no one was going to watch it uh, so it's hilarious that you bring that up. We add one tick to that view count. Mm-hmm. You doubled it. <laughs> there, you know, I'm going through your YouTube. There's a lot of interesting things. You also have a comedy rap persona. Yes. So, and and this is actually a great story. Um, so I I uh, I used to do a bunch of web shows and stuff like that, and I had this character that was a rapper um, back when you could do that character you can't really do that anymore but um it became more of a um a thing that was much more personal and and much more me later on because i met a real rapper and we went into the studio and recorded a couple of songs and then i knew hey we this is great these songs turned out amazing let's do an album and that first weekend that we did an out we did the whole album in four days we recorded it we did music videos the whole thing and um, and r- immediately after that, um, Al was doing a book signing for his first kid's book. And so we went and stood in line, and I had the, the very first copy of the burnt CD, unmixed, unmastered, in my hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I came over to him, and I said, uh, I said, Al, I have been Skipper Dan for 30 years of my life. And I started bawling. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was incredibly embarrassing. And I think that video is also on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't find that one. It was the first time that I met Al. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's, it's rather hilarious. Um, And uh, what's funny is that I was listening to Al on a podcast or some type of interview years later, and uh, they asked him what his least favorite song was. And he said, you know, I'm not going to answer that question because everybody uh, uh, takes different songs of mine very personally. And if I say it's my least favorite, maybe it's somebody's favorite. He said, for example, um, 
not that it's my least favorite, but Skipper Dan, for example, brings a lot of emotional response out of some of my listeners. And I was like, he's talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who else balls to Weird Al talking about Skipper Dan? Maybe it's happened before. (laughs) So really, it's that experience of like, being inspired by Al to create our art. And that's what I think is great. You guys were inspired to, to create this podcast. Um, Jeff McClelland, who you've had on the show, he was, he's, he writes for The Tick, and that, that sense of humor is so um, – it's so weird, Al. Um, there's so many people that, that are artists because Al gave them the courage to be weird and to just to turn it into something else. So that's really something that I've tried to capture with my book. Um, my character is sort of a, it's very semi-autobiographical where he's essentially me. Um, if I had made a different choice, um, that love for Al is very much an important part of his dreams and his ambitions, just like they are my own. Yeah. So tell us more about how Weird Al is involved in this book, The Ruins of Our Past. (laughs) Absolutely. So with, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but, um, but he's essentially this character's uh, hero in a lot of ways. He, he kind of represents um, a father figure to him because that's something that he's missing. Um, he represents a lot of things to him. And the, the main character, his dream, his goal was always to create music with his siblings and, and have a band that was successful. But he made a choice um, after September 11th to join the military, which is something that I actually had made that choice myself. Drove around looking for a recruiter and um, called and talked to my dad and my mother, and they both talked me out of it, basically. They were like, do you want to be the property of the military and everything? But I've thought long and hard about what would have happened to me had I made that choice and how it would have changed the person that I was. Um, You know, our veterans are they are committing suicide at, at large rates today, um, and they have been since the war, uh, and we're still in the war, essentially. So it's really it's, – it's also a love letter to our veterans and uh, making the sacrifice that I kind of – I didn't really chicken out of it, but <laughs> you know, I, didn't, um, I didn't make that choice right. and, and, and all of the things that it does to change your life. Hmm. Were you ever trapped under ice? Is that part true? <laughs> no, but I can imagine it. Okay. I can I can pretend and close my eyes. <laughs> no, that part thankfully was not true. <laughs> yeah, you live in uh, sunny California, so there's probably not a whole lot of ice around. No, no, definitely. <laughs> I, but I have been in some very rough ocean. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Skipper Dan. Were you actually a skipper for Disney? No, you know, but I worked at, as a camp counselor, and that was something that I really loved, and, um, you know, performing for the children and, and things like that. Um, but I, I work retail, it, and it doesn't matter what you're, what you're stuck in. You know, you can get really good at retail. I've done retail for 20 years. I've gotten very good at retail. Um, but you're kind of – you feel like you're, you're not living up to your potential, um, you know, especially when you're an artist and you're in one of these situations, and there are millions of us out there um, that that just feel stuck. Um, so that's 
that's definitely feeling kind of like Skipper Dan, you know, hi, welcome to yeah. the store. Can I help you with your product a million times a day? <laughs> but uh, I do know a guy that that was a skipper on the Jungle Cruise ride, but uh, and he seemed oh. to enjoy it a lot. So I think it's kind of a maligned uh, a career line, I think. <laughs> now i did want to mention also from your youtube you uh in character in the in your rapper character you had actually interviewed some really great people including george rr R. martin from game of thrones and even a dave and ethan's 2002 weird Al podcast past guest mc lars yeah absolutely i've actually performed with lars wow um, cool that was uh i, I interviewed mc lars and front a lot yeah and that was an incredible show. That was the uh, the Comic Con extravaganza uh, here in San Diego, uh, the Nerdcore uh, <laughs> performance. And he's such a nice guy, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's really like that's his superpowers. Nice. I, when he had put out his uh, his his sophomore album, that was my album of the summer. I listened to it nonstop um, with. Uh, uh, hot topic is not punk rock and all those songs it was my thing and after that show i had given him a copy of my cd and he was on tour and he would text me lyrics to my song and he was like we haven't taken the cd out of the out of the disc drive you know out of the cd player oh that's so time. cool yeah oh, so wow. what an incredible moment to to have like somebody that you listen to like that be listening to you i mean it was such a great accomplishment and then just to go back to your retail <laughs> experience after that right <laughs> that's that's yeah that's, that's <laughs> the real really world feeling like skipper dan right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares you create something that's that's uh like how many times when you go to your your day job that you're like yeah i i just uh i interviewed somebody really incredible on my podcast and they're like that's great that's great, Dave. That's great. <laughs> now sit down at your desk and do your work. You know, <laughs> that's right. Of course, of course. So when you ask me, have I ever been trapped under ice? I mean, really, I think we all kind of are metaphorically trapped under ice, and sometimes, and and you <laughs> do feel like you want to give up, sometimes. but then you pop in you know, in 3D or mandatory <laughs> fun. It's mandatory. That's, <laughs> and that's it just brightens point. your day. It, it's it a wonderful thing. So I don't know who I'm asking here, either from Paul Squall, from Sebastian Shepard, or from David Grant. Let us know just how did this person become such a big Weird Al fan? Yeah, I mean, it really was that moment of, of getting that that cassette tape it was uh even worse that was the the cd the, the tape like i listen to it now and it's like watching the first season of the simpsons where you're like well this changed my life but it's not that funny anymore <laughs> because i listen to it so often but it was it was just really um having a haven a safe haven to run to um that was weird Al. i mean we how awkward are the, your middle school years to begin with? But when you're a sensitive kid who, um, you know, your family's breaking apart or whatever, whatever the situation is, we all have these types of, of stories. It's, you know, it's not unique to me. It's, it's basically every Weird Al fan. And I think we all had the experience where we were talking about Al because he comes up in our conversations probably, you know, once a day or something like that. <laughs> if you're a hardcore fan, he comes up all the time. And when you talk to, a normie, you know, uh, uh, a muggle about Weird Al. They always say the same 
thing. They always say, I thought he died in the 80s. And you're like, no, he just had a number one album a couple of years right. ago. <laughs> you didn't listen to it? It was incredible. Uh, but he does come up because he's done every type of, uh, of joke at this point. Uh, the poor man, he, how is he ever going to not repeat himself? I mean, he dropped the food topic a long time ago. Uh, and, and people still think of him as the food guy, but right. he, uh, you know, when you're in a business meeting and you're everybody's speaking business speak, you just immediately think of, uh, oh, what is that song called? Mission Statement. Yes, yeah. that is absolutely one of my favorite uh, <laughs> satirical songs that he's done. And, <laughs> and you bring it up and nobody knows what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or when you're on, you know, your social media and somebody's typing uh out something that doesn't make any sense you just immediately go to word crime exactly. <laughs> for us it's just you can't listen to the original song without hearing al sing oh, over it absolutely it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a curse really <laughs> it's a beautiful curse it's beautiful yes <laughs> yeah you're imbued i guess it's blessed it's a blessed yes. thing that happens you're just imbued with the power and the spirit of weird al well, if anyone is interested to learn more about your writing, your music, everything, there's so much stuff to learn about you, you can head over to wolfinwool.com. Got everything there, linked to buy the book. You can get a physical copy of the book, you can get a digital copy of the book. Dave and I highly recommend There's an audio book. Oh, there's an audio book. Yeah. Did you record it yourself? I did, yes. Wow, I did. That's great. The audio book was actually edited by another super fan, Stephen Staver, who was at the uh, Weird Al star ceremony right there beside me Whoa, um, how cool. so it's it's definitely a labor of love yeah and i didn't tell him the spoilers in, in the, the book about al uh <laughs> so when he got to those moments editing it it was a real treat very cool <laughs> yeah i mean without spoiling it al does have a pretty big role there at the end so that, that's pretty impressive yeah i couldn't it, uh, when i got to that moment writing the book it was uh I actually felt kind of strange. And this is another one of those things I think that is unique to a Weird Al fan is um, if it was John Lennon, you know, the world understands um, the fandom. Um, if it was Katy Perry, they would probably, and you're a man that's in your forties, they would probably be like, okay, that's a little strange, but, <laughs> but they would understand. But for some reason, <laughs> Al is this enduring force that has outlived all of them uh, with his career. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult. You have to be a Weird Al fan to understand Weird Al fandom. Um, but when I got to that moment in the book, I, I, I really, writing it, I knew where I needed to go, but I was afraid uh, of what the reader would think. And, and uh, Al also gave me the courage to, to just do that. You know, I listened to some of his music and really meditated on that moment. Um, so yeah, no spoilers, but uh, it's definitely something that I think a Weird Al fan would uh, would really appreciate. And I found that people that read it, they love that moment. That's actually their favorite moment in the book. I've gotten so much feedback oh. from um, oh. people that aren't. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It just really works with the story, um, which is why I, you know, did it. But it's a, it's a beautiful moment that I got to live in my mind, and uh, any reader hopefully will also enjoy living through it.
We're really excited to check out The Ruins of Our Past. It's available on Kindle, audiobook, David reads it himself, and paperback. You can pick that up on Amazon. You can find out more information on wolfinwool.com. Thank you so much for joining us, David. This has been great. Well, thank you. Absolutely been an honor and a privilege, and, and I really appreciate it, and I love this show. Thank you again to David Grant, a.k.a. Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. so many things for joining us on the podcast. And be sure to pick up The Ruins of Our Past by heading over to his website, wolfinwool.com. And if you guys own a copy of the New York Times Magazine back from April with that amazing article about Weird Al, take a look at the picture because you will see... David Grant in that picture as one of the Weird Al lookalikes holding up one of the weird signs. That's so awesome. That is so cool. I really wish we could have gone to that. We probably should have consulted with our future selves, David and Henry, so we wouldn't regret that later on. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's see. So we finally got a David on the list, so that's good. I'm happy about that. And it brings our total so far in 2020 to exactly 50 humans and two robots on the podcast, I guess. Plus, don't forget about that one feline that dropped in unexpectedly. Hmm, 50. That's a great number, but I really wish it was 51. So I would love to add one more human to the list. Dave and I are very excited to welcome to the podcast someone who listeners should be familiar with, but maybe have not actually heard him speak without music. He's been inspired by Al to write a whole slew of tunes for the podcast, for his own fun. He's been on Dr. Demento's show. We're so excited to welcome Zeb Lemke. How's it going, Zeb? Hey, pretty good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. That makes that makes you sound pretty cool. The way you said all that stuff. <laughs> you are cool. <laughs> you say so. Now, Zeb, we first met you, I believe it was just, you know, through Facebook and stuff, but our listeners first heard you back when we did the 60th birthday for Weird Al. You wrote a little happy birthday song for him and we played it on the show. And ever since then, you've just been pumping out really awesome music. Oh, thanks. That that actually is I've been wanting, I used to record a lot like in high school and college a little bit, but I hadn't for, I don't know, a long time. And I was listening to the show and loving it. And I heard you guys make the request to do something for Al's birthday, the 60th birthday last year coming up, that was coming up. And so um, my wife had a computer she was doing for photos and she said GarageBand was on it. So I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. And I had this brilliant idea to sing for someone happy birthday and, uh, yeah so but but instead of saying to you i said weird al right so it was extremely clever i was pretty proud of that but uh yeah it was fun it was great and it got me back into kind of noodling around and and i've been noodling quite a bit ever since so uh so thank you for getting me back into it so not only inspired by weird al but inspired by dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird al podcast yes yeah <laughs> It's a, it's like a cascade of inspiration. It goes from Al to you guys to whoever to me. Yeah. But it's it's fun, too. I've always kind of liked doing it. But and then not long after you sent us that happy birthday Weird Al song, you sent us your version of our 347 spatula hotline voicemail. That was really awesome. That's right. I had heard it like someone called in and, and, and complained that there was no greeting on the voicemail and it should be just like the theme song. And so I'm like, well, yeah, it should. And so I did that. <laughs> Here, I, I got that one queued up. Let's listen to that one. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch podcast online. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch podcast online. Seriously, not for 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, love it. That was, I wasn't sure what I'd be able to do. And so I was, you know, limiting songs to like 30 seconds long. And that one was just perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we never did change the hotline voicemail. So we apologize for that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got like 36 more years. I think that's you know, true. There's time. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Plus, our intern Frank is very lazy when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's a delinquent, as we all know, from listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, I was pretty happy he got that song to you guys. So that Yeah. Was oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Zeb, how did you become a fan of Weird Al? I don't know. He's been around ever since I remember. I think probably my dad and comedy music in general. He had a lot of old, like... Not a lot, but Ray Stevens and just Weird Al and, and I don't know, funny stuff on a lot. And um, I, I remember, like, I, I loved him all throughout, like, when I was in elementary school. I'd record him on Dr. Demento and stuff. Yeah. And um, and, and then I think it was, I think when I, and I loved it, I think I had all the tapes and CDs. And then I want to say it was, like, uh, 96, I saw him at uh, at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. And after that, I was, like completely obsessed with them because <laughs> i mean i'd heard all the albums and stuff but until you see it live and then also seeing his band you know play you know all the instruments during the polkas and the the whole show was just amazing and so after that i remember making a list of my heroes and uh and weird Al was at the very top this was sometime in high school i can't remember but yeah <laughs> um so that that's kind of where it started i guess um and yeah i don't know it i mean once you you're like exposed to al like the only natural conclusion really is to become completely obsessed with them i think yeah once you really start diving into it (laughs) which i don't need to tell you guys that (laughs) we follow the same path zeb (laughs) zeb how did you hear about our podcast oh on the close personal friends uh facebook page yeah a few years ago i just i don't know was gravitating towards random things and i saw that and i'm like oh i should be on this and then it was on my feed and I had so, it was funny because I remember seeing the ad for it and I didn't listen for I think a couple months but I remember it was really it was funny now that I now that I get it a little bit it was weird because you guys were very clearly Jim Kimo West was the first guest but then like the second post was who was our first guest I'm like well it's obviously Jim Kimo and everyone was getting it wrong it was very strange <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're delved into um, some songs for. Dave Nathan's 2000s Weird Al podcast, but then you branched out on your own and you started doing some covers of Weird Al songs. Harvey the Wonder Hamster, Milo Murphy's theme song, Good Enough for Now, Germs. I mean, these are all great songs to cover. Well, so then you went into, you dove back into parody territory with Hey Weird Al Yankovic. Well, first of all, I've, I've had this list of songs I've wanted to cover by Al and I write them down and then I think once I get an idea, maybe I change it to a parody. Most are just covers, but um i'd been seeing you know you always see people on like the on the on the close personal group posting about wouldn't it be cool if al did this or al did that i'm like no i will be happy with whatever he does it's going to be awesome he has yeah. a wholehearted trust right he's <laughs> it's going to be great so the song is kind of about you know how like all the albums are, are the the contract is over the 14 albums are, are up so people are like what's next right and uh <laughs> everyone's been like it's it's a ra- i wrote i guess i made it around the time where um it, it would be like the next album would be coming out if there was one, but there wasn't one. So there was a lot of people whining and stuff. So I made that song basically about uh, like us, whiny, obsessive, anywhere from obsessive to just casual fans wanting something from Al. And, um, and so, yeah, that's what that did. And then actually I, I, that, that was right when the, the lockdown first started and I finished the song, 
but my drums were at my uh, my uh, my folks' house, and I would go down there and record. And so I had this thing drumless for a while, and I sent it to you, Ethan, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's good. You should send it to Dr. Demento. I'm like, well, now i got to wait, get the drums and finish it. So I had to sit on that one for like a month and a half while I waited to get those. But, uh, but yeah, I did, and I sent it to him, and he, he played it. It was great. It was, it was really, really cool. I didn't ever think that that would happen. I'd listened to him a bunch as a kid, but I didn't ever envision I would actually have something played on his show. So that was mind-blowing so yeah so hey weird al yankovic is a parody of weird al's great song melanie and not only <laughs> did you get it played on dr demento it reached number four on dr demento's countdown which is pretty stinking majestic oh yeah <laughs> yeah that was amazing <laughs> and there's some great lines in there i mean obviously there's great lines but there's great lines for fans of the podcast you reference dave's tattoo of, of weird al and of yes. course <laughs> pretty stinking majestic makes an appearance so bravo to to that. <laughs> I'd love for you to tell the story of the Gill and Chill song, which we have played on the show before. Yeah. Uh, so we'd been talking a little bit and you had said, hey, you should write a Gill and Chill song. And I'm like, I, I like doing covers. I, I don't really want to write anything. I don't know. I like deciphering the music and putting it together. And uh, you're like, well, it, the lyrics are easy. It'll just be Gill and Chill 27 times. I'm like, OK, great. But I still have to write the music. And so I, I asked you, give me, what was it? Give me eight chords, you know, or eight notes in, in the alphabet between A and G, right? And so you listed a bunch of notes and I took them and I, I tweaked one or two and then that was the song. I don't remember that. I, I gave you notes. <laughs> you gave me the notes. Yeah, I think. And that I, works? I t- tweaked a couple just to keep it in one key. Okay. Yeah, I had to tweak. I had to tweak the, 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 uh, the H. I'm uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> You gave me a bunch of notes, and I tweaked a couple just to keep it in uh, in A minor, and uh, that was the song. And then I just kind of threw it together, and and uh, and then what was kind of funny about that one? You guys did the the Gill and Chill parts where we kind of recite them really quickly, like eight times or sixteen yeah, times, yeah, yeah, just to get a bunch of them in. And what was funny is uh, I had done a draft version, and I had my kids say Gill and Chill there, and so I was driving in the car one day, and it came on. And uh, my the three year old or three and a half year old at the time was really upset because it was your voices and not his. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> He's cool with it now, though. And you know how Ethan actually came up with those eight notes that he sent you? He was playing a game of Boggle with me, and those were the eight that he happened to roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the insider wow. knowledge. I think we we got a new way to new way to make music. I like it. <laughs> leave it all. Leave it all to chance. Well, I don't know how my you know, very simplistic lyrics and whatever the heck I did with those chords turned into such a catchy song. But this song has literally been in my head for a year now. Uh, let's take a listen. Gill and Chill. Gill and Chill. Still as good as it was when we first played it. Yes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, 
I did like your uh, your wrestling voices or your. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get much direction from this song. It's just like say "gill and chill" over and over again as many times as you want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that was at the end when you sent me like a you sent me like a I don't know three minute file of just "gill and chill, gill and chill, gill" over and over again at the very end. You're like, all right, that's enough. I'm like, well, that part has to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you were able to fit that in the song. Every time I listen to it, I always still count just to make sure there really are 27. And there is. There's 27. <laughs> you know what? That was the hardest thing for me. To, I mean, the mu- the music I just kind of put together, but like to make sure I had 27. I Because <laughs> it's like it, it changes format and stuff. And I, I had to do the same thing. I had to count it like five times before I'm like, okay, this, we, we had another one here. No, no, no. We can't do that because we got that one at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other uh, cameo in that song, of course, is our, our friend Allison Parsons. She does the drum solo part. I was trying to do it and I could not do the yell. And so I'd been talking to her and I'm like, would you like to yell, yell and chill as if you were saying drum solo and poke your eyes out? She goes, yeah. So she did, did awesome. It was great. Now, in your catalog of Weird Al songs up until this point, you never actually had any accordion on your songs. But that changed with Yo Man Ding Dong. Yes. <laughs> I, I assume people who are listening probably know, but uh, I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> yeah. the, the music video Fat by Weird Al. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah. Ma- I'm maybe. Sure I've, I've heard s- of it. Yeah. 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 Well, let me, so I'll back up and just tell the story. So um, the, that movie uh, Eurovision came out on, on Netflix, I don't know, a few few months ago, middle of the summer sometime. And um, so my, my wife put it on one day and I was kind of paying attention, wasn't really. And then the, they start playing this song and it's, this very i don't know to me it's a great song i love it but it was probably supposed to be like a joke song in the movie it's called ya ya ding dong and it's a bunch of inappropriate in, innuendo uh think of um you know want to be your lover type stuff yeah but it's done from like i like an icelandic like foreign kind of euro sort of uh, vibe um and it was it was great and i heard the song and i was like well i would like to cover that song so i wrote it on my list and then i'm like i started fiddling with it and then i started okay this wouldn't be too hard to do i can just record this and then, um, and then I was, I just said ding dong. And I'm like, well, I don't know where I just got the idea. Well, what if this was from the perspective of the three gentlemen at the beginning of the fat video, they're trying to offer food? <laughs> that would be kind of fun. And I would just basically go through the things that they say and the things that they talk about at the very beginning of the video. So I turned that, I don't know what it is, like a 15 second interaction into a <laughs> two, two minute song. And I really, I just, I just basically went through what they do and just worked that into the song and, and, uh, it was fun. And then, yeah, so I finished it. I'm like, this song's good, but it needs accordion. And I had heard that, that UH Jeff had just started taking lessons. And I thought, well, he told me when I, I asked him something about, um, you know, how, how well do you play? Just kind of out of curiosity. And he said, well, I can rock a C chord. And I just remembered that. And as I'm making Ya Ya or Yo Man Ding Dong, I'm like, well, wait a minute. This thing's in C. Actually, it was in C sharp, but I brought it down to C. And I'm like, well, he knows one of the three notes already, so maybe I'll see if he can play on it. And so I sent it to him and sent him a couple of tracks, and uh, yeah, he, he knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. So I took his tra- files and fit them in, and and now the song is is what it was meant to be. I tried to I tried to title the song, uh, what is it? Yo, ding dong, man, ding dong, yo, right? Exactly what the guy says, I think, but uh, it didn't. Makes sense. So yeah, Yo Man Ding Dong. <laughs> okay, so let's take, let's take a listen to some Yo Man Ding Dong. When I see your thin physique that you try hiding away, I wanna give 
<laughs> I love that. So you know that that interaction at the beginning of Fat is is one of my favorite parts of the Weird Al ethos. It's just it's so funny. <laughs> and you took on a pretty ambitious parody with your next parody, a parody of Weird Al's song Yoda, also a parody of the Kinks Lola. But you changed the title character from Yoda to Bermuda. Can you tell us a little bit about how that song got started? Well. I'd been listening to your podcast, obviously, and uh, and there's a lot of discussion around the 40th year anniversary of the re- the uh, the meeting of Alan Bermuda on the Doctor Demento show for Another One Rides the Bus in was it 80, right? And I I didn't really ever plan to record or cover Yoda since it's really an original by someone else, but when when the ter- the name Bermuda the hook instead of Yoda Bermuda popped into my head and it could have been from one of my kids just randomly singing it one day, I just thought well. <laughs> we have all this current stuff that's, you know, we're, we're all being reminded of the this event that changed the world, essentially, right? And, yeah. um, and so now we have all this, all this, like, detailed information about leading, like, events leading up to that day and stuff that happened after it and all these things. And it would be fun to work that into the song um, somehow since, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if there was much more thought to it than that. It's just like, well, yeah, that makes sense. We'll just do Bermuda. And, uh, and so I kind of wrote the words and I had to fact check it and re-listen to several of your, uh, your podcast episodes several times to make sure I, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not like, it's not perfect. There's a bunch of stuff that's embellished, but at the same time, I wanted it to be kind of true so that it was a, a story that you could kind of follow, um, through everything. So, well, that's really cool that Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch weird out podcast was able to give you the information that you needed to write this great parody of Yoda and the Kinks Lola as well. I'd love to take a listen to it right now. The world premiere right here on Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast of the parody song Bermuda by Zeb Lemke. I met him on the set at KMET where the doctor kept it fun and would play a great song about Yoda. Y-O-D-A, Yoda. I saw the nipper man sitting there with his pass. I asked him his name and in a plummy voice he said, John. John Schwartz. My pleasure to meet you. plays drums so Bill gave him the case then he accompanied the craziness by banging on bass to a song that I wrote just that weekend well he was great and wants to jump for me but he will need a new nickname so I now must decree him Bermuda we'll call him Bermuda ba 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 Bermuda
forget what Bermuda said. Said I'll stay away from off-tempo slides. And if you start to go astray, let the snare be your guide. Oh, Bermuda. Ba-ba-ba-Bermuda. Bermuda. No pop music's really got you annoyed, but remember if you roast it, then we'll both stay employed. Oh, Bermuda, ba 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 Bermuda. Well, I heard his archive is never a mess, so I'm gonna check out his new book, I guess. And I know that he'll nail any style all day. He'll be playing these drums till he's old and gray. True good friendships are so hard to find, so I'll be making great music. Till the end of time with Bermuda Ba-ba-ba Bermuda Ba-ba-ba Bermuda Everybody! Bermuda Ba-ba-ba Bermuda Ba-ba-ba Bermuda Bermuda Ba-ba-ba Bermuda Ba-ba-ba That is amazing, Zeb. <laughs> Thanks. Really just an epic anthology of just Alan Bermuda meeting and just creating this incredible music that has brought the three of us together today. Yeah, and it was fun. And so I understand this, what we just heard is kind of like a radio edit, but there is an extended version as well. So I got the idea to do this Bermuda song based on what we just talked about. And um, I, I thought, well, I really love the Yoda chant and... I thought, you know, I'd seen it live several times and I really liked it. And I thought, well, I'd really like to somehow do the chant. But uh, so I, I went for it. And I, I, you know, lis- listened to it and tried to figure it out. And I put together the Yoda chant. It's it's a it's a bit of a mess. But and it was in hindsight, like not something I should have even tried. But um, I had fun doing it. But the way that I record is I, I, I do a song and I get it done and then I close it forever and I try not to go back to it. But with how much went into studying that and figuring out how to do all the parts and everything, it took me forever. And I was pulling out my hair trying to, <laughs> trying to finish it. So I basically rushed through it, got it done, finished it. And then your radio edit makes it sound so much better when you take the whole thing out. So. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I think you did a great job. I don't think I've ever heard someone even attempt to cover the Yoda chant. I've seen people do it in concert while Al and the band are performing it. But on some kind of recording, I don't think I've ever heard that either. It's a big task to be able to cover that chant. And you did a great job. Oh, well, thank you. No, I know it's a big task now. <laughs> you should have told me that you know, a few months ago. <laughs> no, I knew. I knew. I thought it would be fun, and it was fun, but it was also uh, horrific. So, <laughs> Well, we're glad you did it because it's great to listen to. And Yeah, thank you. And I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I... I I, I, I know the words to every Weird Al song except the Yoda chant. That was just, it's just so crazy. It's, some of it's not words, it's just noises and, you yes. know, rhythms. And it's, 
you did a great job. Thanks. Yeah, it's fun. And another really ambitious song to try to learn is Weird Al's Pokemon song, which, you know, of course goes through all the different Pokemon characters. And you actually did a parody of that song as well, all about punk rock bands called Punkamon. And <laughs> it is really great. <laughs> I'd like to take a little listen to it right now, and then you could tell us a little bit about what went into Punkamon. I love that you're covering and parodying these really obscure Weird Al songs. I mean, this one was only ever released on the Pokemon 2000 movie soundtrack. It wasn't even on medium rarities. Where do you get the idea to, to do a song like this? I remember when I was in college finding one song online from that wasn't like misattributed to him. That was some you know terrible <laughs> right. song you'd find on Napster that's inappropriate. <laughs> right. But I found uh, Pokemon and I was like, this is amazing. And I was really into... Um, bluegrass at the time and just the the dancing bass lines i just really like them and i'd grown <laughs> up on like besides weird al basically exclusively punk music and then it was like later in high school i got into like bluegrass and stuff and just that song has so much energy it's just like a constant party i never really got into to uh, pokemon um i i did watch digimon if you remember that one a little bit but um <laughs> i got into pokemon i remember finding that song and then i and i heard it again not too long ago and I was just like, this song is just so amazing. And and by now I'd done a, enough songs. I thought, well, I could probably figure this out. But I, I always listened to it and thought, well, punk doesn't really feature guitar very much. And this accordion is like absolutely phenomenal. And it's really fast. But I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. And so I figured it out. And, and I mean, before trying this, I already knew uh, Owl's a total virtuoso on accordion. And, and I knew that already. But then once I, I figured this out, I, I, I mean, translating it on guitar is a little bit different, but it's still just incredibly fast. And so I, you, you listen to mine, you can hear, I like had to leave a few notes out just cause I could not, I could not play that fast. But, um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd always love punk music and punk bands. And I just, one day, instead of singing about Pokemon, I just started rattling off punk bands and I thought, well, Pokemon, Punkamon, you know, I can work with that. And so I gave it a shot. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. And then I kind of knew that a lot of the words would be hard to hear cause it's, it's, uh, it's sung pretty fast. So I made a little tiny tiny video for that one too just with basically a logo from each band as they scroll through but yeah it was uh, it was a lot of fun i do regret leaving out a certain important punk band ethan ullman and the eligible spatulars but maybe on maybe on version two <laughs> 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 and i guess yeah jonah ray should have been in there too because obviously the punk versions of weird l lyrics but I was happy to squeeze in squeeze in the couple owl references I did make. So can you give us uh, a little hint of the uh, Easter eggs? Catchwords, which is Metal Owl's punk band, which was mentioned on your podcast about a year ago. Yeah, your mother, and that was one I heard. I want to say like March or April uh, from your from your show. Again, inspired by you guys. <laughs> You've got other cool demented bands like Worm Quartet listed. Yeah. Well, I I I was having I really love Minor Threat. Uh, I was a big fan of them when I was really, I don't know, junior high or high school. And um, and I really wanted to use them. And I didn't really think too hard about this. I probably could have rearranged 
the lyrics to make stuff rhyme better. But I just kind of started saying bands. And when I got to Minor Threat, I'm like, what rhymes with Minor Threat? And I couldn't think of any other uh, bands until, you know, Worm Quartet. So, and these punk, <laughs> I'd say they're they're punk enough. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> Angry enough, you know. Uh, I do regret, I put Halloween in there, and that should have been like Flogging Molly or something. So I, there's a metal band that has maybe a punk song, but, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess so. The video has a couple hour references. A couple of the places where there's like some crashing sounds. There's a uh, um, Al's uh, like I don't know if it was a single or whatever. There's an image from Beat on the Brat where he's like smacking his accordion with a yep. shovel or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. so I threw that image in there and a cu- couple couple like that. I think the Polka Party cover had to be the cover of the the video. Just yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's Al in a mosh pit essentially. So. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. Well, Zeb, I mean, what what's coming next? What can we expect? Are you working on more songs, more projects, or maybe an album? No. no. Well, I mean, I have a list of songs I want to <laughs> do. Uh, I don't know when I'll do them or how I'll do them, because typically what's been happening is like I have these songs I've, I've wrote down that I want to cover or do something with, and then I'll hear something new and be like, oh, I want to do that, and I just do that. And so I'm not really working <laughs> through my list very well. I mean, I have a list of, uh, of Al songs I want to do, um, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if I will. I had, I had a, I had an idea and I think you guys might've, uh, I don't think I'll do this cause I don't think the lyrics work, but do you remember when you had Beefalo on, you were talking about Al and everyone getting stuck in the elevator? Well, it was going to be yeah. a, like a, <laughs> yes, a parody yes. of stuck in the closet with Vanna White, but something about <laughs> an elevator with stuck in the elevator with Dr. Demento or something like that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not oh, sure I love that. that works. But yeah. <laughs> Zeb, is there anywhere where we can check out your music? Is there any website or anything where we can can check this out? You know the answer to that. I mean, I have the YouTube channel, but I'm not even sure what my name is on it. So, and it's only got like five <laughs> videos. I have a I have a SoundCloud site mostly just because I lose everything on my computer, so I was putting it up there so I would have it. But I made all the tracks private, and I don't know how to undo it. So, um, I don't think that that's even a good m- medium for listening to, to songs. So I, I got some work to do there. I, I apologize. I can't really share any of this with anyone. I guess just uh, have people email you and then I'll, I'll email them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Email Frank at 2000 inch.com. If you, if you want to check out some of this music and we'll have Frank forward it to, to Zeb and then Zeb will, we'll figure it out. And maybe you can post some of the links over on our uh, Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, like, just on the note of being inspired by Al, it's kind of like he's so amazing and so such a virtuoso, genius, comedic, like, and nice person. It's like, it's almost too much. You're like, well, there's no way I can aspire to be anything like that. It's just too good. And so it's almost a deterrent. Like, you'd almost not be inspired by Al. Like, he's just too, too amazing. But I, I read, I read an interview or I heard, I heard an interview of Steve J, like, on a podcast or something somewhere. And he had said something along the lines of that it was it was unfortunate that that music had become like a commodity, kind of like an industry where only certain people are make music and only certain people consume music. And uh, he said that music should be for everyone. Like if you can pound on a like a, a, a pots and kettles and make music that you enjoy or so, like some extent that music should be for everyone by everyone sort of thing. And I thought that that kind of really helped me in addition to you guys requesting um, stuff for your podcast last year for Al's birthday and me deciding to do a song. I'd heard that and thought, you know what? It's 
it's okay to just make music even if it's not professionally done and just have fun with it. I mean, especially this year, it's been really, um, what's the word, therapeutic, cathartic? You know, it's been nice to have a kind of creative release when so many other things have been, uh, you know, can't can't do things that you're not normally used to doing. So, Zeb, thank you so much for joining us. This was just so much fun getting to chat with you on the air finally. Uh, we love your music. We can't wait to keep hearing it, and we hope you continue and continue sending it to us. Oh, thanks, guys. You guys are absolutely awesome, and I really appreciate you guys making the show and putting information out there for us to, um, you know, have our way with and and uh i didn't word that very well <laughs> but anyway i just i guess i just want to say you guys are you guys are awesome and and just thanks for everything love your show thank you so much zeb lemke for the amazing interview and all your support of our podcast yes it's great to finally chat with zeb on the air you know of course we're in touch with him quite a bit he sends us a lot of great content off the air on the air it's really great to have him on the show we really wish we had some place to send you so you can hear all of his songs. So in lieu of that, head on over to our Facebook group at group.2000inch.com and we will post a few links there. Links? Like breakfast links? Oh, I'm so hungry after both of those interviews. Well, I'm not. I had so much bacon earlier. Vegan bacon? No, just regular bacon. We already went over that. Oh. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. Each week, we're able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and our amazing Patreon supporters like Trevor Son and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Hey, Dave, I noticed you're no longer wearing your old Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt that you've worn for the past 86 inches. Did you get a new Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt for Christmas? This is my new Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. My friend Frank, he gave me this Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. It's a pretty good Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. It's not as good as my old Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. I miss my old Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt, but it's still a good Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. Sometimes you gotta take what life gives you, because life is like a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. And sometimes your Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt gets full of dirt and crud and bugs and hairballs and stuff, but you just gotta wash it off. You gotta put it in the washing machine and rinse it out and start all over again. And sometimes life requires you to dress more formally and a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt isn't good enough. It's not good enough. You've got to get some other Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, like a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast hoodie or something, and really wear it. 
And if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, you can't give up. You've got to run to a window and yell, Hey, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise available at shop.2000inch.com is pretty stinking majestic. And I'm going to wear it all the time. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 34-inch from last year where we interview three musicians inspired by Weird Al, Devo Spice, Derwood Bowen, and Metal Al. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and YouTube.2000inch.com. Remember to tag fun, weird owl, or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag gill and chill. And make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we love it. When you leave us voicemail on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. Get your fanny on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or the podcast app of your choice and hit the subscribe button to ensure that you don't miss any new episodes when they drop every Wednesday. Coming up in the new year, at some point we will be airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with the amazing John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture through his new book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab that book if you want to be able to follow along with those episodes. Plus, it makes a great gift to give to someone for the apocalypse. Thank you once again to our guests this week, David Sheepdog Grant, a.k.a. Sebastian Shepard, and Deb Lemke. A big thanks to all our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and podcast possible. If it's okay with you, Ethan, I would like to say the very last thing before the ending theme song plays for our very last episode of 2020. Yeah, sure. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 87-inch. Five days, six hours, 27 minutes, one second, and counting. All right, that's enough. <laughs>